You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation at a local church, but an accessory to the care you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org. It's time to put down the Doritos, get off the couch, and go for a walk. You're listening to Cornfield Theology. Hey everyone, Pastor Sean here, Pastor of Redemption Church, located in the Des Moines Metro, coming back at you with another Cornfield Theology Podcast. Thanks for taking interest in this particular podcast. Really appreciate um, if you give us five stars on, on Apple Podcasts, go to YouTube, like, subscribe, hit the bell icon, all the relevant things on Spotify. For everyone who's listening on Google, thanks, because there's like two of you, and especially Amazon Prime. Nobody listens on Amazon Prime. That's what I've discovered. But uh, thanks for taking interest, like I said, today interesting topic. I think a topic that is not discussed enough among Christians. And uh, we're, we're here to convince you that you need to be talking about it more. And it's about the intersection of faith and fitness, not faith and finances. You go to Dave Ramsey for that. <laughs> faith and fitness. And I have a friend here, David Bush. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for taking time. I know you're busy. We were just talking about your yeah, hectic well, my, weekend. My pleasure. It's always great to be invited to talk about something that we have a shared passion for. Shared passion for, and something that you've, we'll talk about this in a moment, at least for myself, you've really cultivated in my own life a, a greater passion for this. I've always had the fitness thing down in terms of, I, li- I like sweating. Mm-hmm. There's some other components here that I wasn't looking at that you helped me see. So before getting into a quick bio, let me just say this. We got connected through a, a friend, Pastor Michael, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was uh, lamenting to him about, hey, uh, 2020 kicking my butt. I got COVID-19, like the weight, <laughs> I gained 19 pounds. Right. <laughs> it wasn't ugly. Went to the doctor, um, had some, you know, health things. And I'm like, you know what? It's time to take control. I told that to our mutual friend. He's like, you need to get connected with, with David. And so that set us on a journey. Um, and I went through your 12 week program, mm-hmm. took a little longer. We had some vacations mixed in, uh, but you helped coach me through some things that I had not been seeing before. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. What are, other than like, you know, going to the gym and throwing down weights, there's more to it, you know? Sure. Uh, you can, we've got more gyms on more corners than we've ever had. We've got more bike trails. <laughs> I, I followed one uh, for miles and miles coming out here. Yeah, it was mostly trail. empty. Yeah. Um, we've got a, a rag brife, uh, you know, bike oh, yeah. ride across Iowa that just ended. We've got uh, more clinics and more nutritionists and more personal trainers than we've ever had. And yet we have a serious health crisis in our country and an even more serious health crisis in the church. So clearly it isn't uh, just about, you know, burpees and bench presses. There's something (laughs) else going on that is missing from the whole conversation about uh, wellness. And I'm trying to to bridge that gap between faith and fitness. So how did you get into this? Like, give us a a brief bio of Mm -hmm. who you are, who is David Bush, and how did you get into this arena? Yeah, uh, it might be most important for people to know who I'm not. Um, I'm not a, a certified personal trainer. Uh, I'm not a, a, a anatomy anatomy and physiology major from college. Okay. Uh, I don't have a, 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 a background in collegiate athletics. Um, uh, so uh, I, I'm not somebody who goes out and runs in all the triathlons and, and marathons and stuff. Um, I never won significant awards for my athletic prowess. You're not doing uh, much, man, to, to leverage your ministry. <laughs> I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not. <laughs> no, actually, I am because most people listening to this haven't done that either. That's exactly. And right. they need to know there's hope for them. Um, That's good. Uh, so I don't have, possess the typical trappings of the person who's going to be here doing the rah rah. Yeah. That you need to get in better shape and just follow me. Um, what I have done uh, is I have. Uh, been married uh, for almost 35 years. Mm-hmm. I've got four boys that uh, we've raised and are now out of the home. Um, I've been in some of the most unhealthy occupations you can imagine, uh, starting with uh, a job in California that had a three-hour commute uh, between going and coming to work that wow. sucked an awful lot of the discretionary time yeah. out of my schedule. Uh, I've been uh, in charge of a large uh, ice cream company where my job duties involved taste testing uh, ours and competitors' uh, ice creams regularly. Low-calorie ice cream, right? Uh, no, no. This, was, this was the full <laughs> test, the, the high-test stuff. 
premium ice cream and then all the nuts, chews, caramels, uh, et cetera, that go into it, the cookie doughs to make sure they were up to snuff. I did that for 11 years um, and then uh, was in one of the most unhealthy uh, uh, vocations you can be, which is a pastor. Uh, So uh, I've, you know, I've been through murderer's row, whatever, (laughs) in my vocational life. Um, And uh, yet... um, as you'll you hear in a follow-up question, there are some things in my life that have caused me to take note and um, uh, begin to think of my life physiologically in the midst of all of that uh, excess, uh, and has caused me to begin developing the ministry mm-hmm. that I'm actively involved with doing now. So you you've identified a concern, yeah, right, and so you went into action to. Mm-hmm address the concern, specifically within the church. Is that fair yes. to say? Yes. And that, uh, how did I get especially interested in fitness and faith issues? Uh, a lot of that comes from my experience uh, with my mom and dad. Mm. Uh, my father was a pastor, a uh, doctorate in theology, a very successful pastor in regard to how large his church was and the kind of fruit that he saw from it. My mom was a nationally published author of various Bible studies with uh, major national publishers. Um, But they saw their ministries uh, end, uh, to my way of thinking, all too soon, uh, really about my age right now. Uh, The wheels started coming off, and the effectiveness and impact and fruitfulness of my dad's ministry uh, all but came to an end at about 60 years of age. Um, And he lived to 79, uh, but those last 19 years... um, were filled up with all kinds of things other than ministry things that had to do with his unhealth um, because that is an area of his life and then my mom's life that hadn't been stewarded particularly well. That was the chink in the armor uh, that really caused those later years that could have been incredibly fruitful to really not be fruitful at all. That's one end of of things that God used to cause me to think... um, I'm seeing that all too often played out in the lives of pastors, leaders, and other church members. Right. They're getting sidelined, and it seems like these are self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. Um, and why? What? What could we do? Uh, could something be done to uh, to give them a different vision, a more compelling vision of their future yeah. uh, than just retiring or going to a slew of doctor appointments and more prescriptions? And then into my life, through one of my ministry experiences, uh, came a gentleman uh, named Joe Tewell, uh, who uh, was the epitome of health yeah, by right. all yeah. accounts, yeah. owned a, a, a gym, and was, you know, visually, visually very impressive. Mm. Uh, but uh, as a member of that gym I went to, I found out uh, some things and uh, had a long conversation one afternoon on a park bench in Pleasant Hill, Iowa, yeah. talking about those things in his life. And, um, you know, the physiological facade was covering an enormous amount of dysfunction and yeah. sin and anger and things. And he, he didn't know the Lord. And I got a chance to lead him to the Lord and begin discipling him. And in that discipleship process, um, he came to me from his world completely consumed with the aesthetic and the gym culture for his whole life and said, David, what is it about the church that nobody cares about health here? Why is everybody so fat? And that may sound a little harsh, but to his eyes coming out of the gym, it just looked like a disaster zone. And I had to kind of swallow hard and think about that because I cared about that, but I'd never really thought about it from his vantage point. Yeah, sure. And I had to ask some questions myself. Why is it that people end up like my dad and mom so much? Yeah, right. What is that the way it has to be? Is that just a default? Or is there a lack of knowledge? Is there a lack of talking and teaching and applying the gospel to this physiological area of our life that needs to happen. And as I looked around, there weren't books being written about it. I'd never heard a sermon about this, despite being in really good Bible teaching churches. Yeah, I certainly haven't. And um, it seemed to be a void crying out to be filled. So I got busy looking at Scripture, investigating, studying, looking at different studies and things I could find. And it just, God allowed these things to just come screaming out at me, this is relevant, Mm -hmm. that there 
is scripture about this. There is our principles from, from God's word about this. The gospel can apply to this area of our life. God cares about the hardware, uh, just mm -hmm. like he cares about yeah. the software. Yeah. And, and have written some books and begun a ministry that has uh, come out of that fit for the king. Uh, so that's kind of how this ministry got started, both ends of the spectrum, unhealth in the church, narcissism and obsession in the culture, yeah. and the two kind of conjoined and brought me to a point of having to investigate and question and develop some tools and resources to address the issue. So if people are listening right now or watching, you just said the ministry name, Fit for the King. Where, is it, what's the website? If they're like, hey, I want to go to the website what, right now while I'm listening to this podcast. Yeah. Well, the ministry is Fit for the King, and that's F-O-R, but the website is the numeral four, because okay. I didn't want to pay ransom to, to get that. So uh, <laughs> Fit, the numeral four, the king, dot net. Fit, numeral four, the king, dot net, and you can see all the resources and things yeah. that are going on. There. And tons of resources there. So if you're listening and you just want to pop on right now, go to your go to that website, and then check it out. Uh, I love the vision statement for Fit for the King. You, you've mm -hmm. already said it in terms of what you identified with your father in particular as a pastor, mm -hmm. but could you just share the vision statement of Fit for the King? Right. And most people hearing about a uh, fitness ministry are wondering how I'm going to. Uh, uh, you know, bridge this. Yeah. <laughs> what they see is a, you know, somewhat obsessed and narcissistic and self-centered approach that the culture provides for us of, of pursuing fitness right. and, you know, the gospel. Um, so is this a, you know, a godly basal metabolic, you know, index, uh, your uh, base, uh, BMI you're supposed to hit? Is this a, a pant size, a 5K time, a bench press? Yeah. You know, what, what is it that makes, makes you fit for the king? And I'll say it's, it's none of those things, but it's a focus on availability um, to uh, actually um, complete uh, the great commandment and the great commission, which are deeply embedded in this definition. Being fit for the king means being physically available to yeah. love God completely and let him love others through you and accomplish all he desires with you for his glory. And you've got a lot there in that statement. Uh, but it's about God's glory in the end, yes. and yeah. it's about availability. Yeah. And I think most people, when they you know take stock of their life, would come away and saying, whatever state I'm in, I could be more available yeah. uh, for the kingdom of God. And that's what we're trying to do is to, to increase people's uh, physiological availability to um, engage in, in God's kingdom work and purposes for their life. So you know, if I'm a Christian and I'm listening to that, and I hear that definition, I'm like, yes, I want to love God completely. Um, I want to let him, I want, you know, to love others as well through the individual, through, through the self to the glory of God. But that means being available, <laughs> having yes. the opportunity to do that, whether you're 20, 40, 60, especially as you get older. I'm, I mean, I'm, I hit 40 and I'm mm -hmm. thinking about, am I going to be available when I'm 60, yeah. whether it's for my wife, whether it's for my kids, whether it's in my, in the ministry that God has me in, um, that's the question at hand. What am I doing now to prepare myself for the future? Am I eating the Doritos on the couch, you know, mm -hmm. uh, or am I getting up and taking stock and not only in the fitness, that's the easy part for me, but as we've talked through many, many weeks is the nutritional aspects. Mm -hmm. it, what am I doing? What am I not doing? Um, those are critical questions that we have to be asking if we're going to be available in the present and in the future. Yeah, availability is far more uh, uh, complex or or holistic than most people. Yeah, that's a good word. Holistic would yeah. would care to think about just at first glance. Uh, people think, well, I I don't miss church because yeah. of my health, or uh, you know, I go to the church cleanup day uh, mm -hmm. uh, every year when the deacons have it, or. Um, I, I stand through all three songs, you know, in the in the worship service, right. and I, I see some people they're sitting down, but I can stand up. Well, it goes a lot more than that uh, to be truly available to say yes when God presents an opportunity to love Him or other people. Uh, this gets down into the granular things like how's your quiet time, how's your prayer life. Right. Uh, it takes physical vitality and clarity of mind to engage in those uh, spiritual disciplines. And if you're on a CPAP machine and getting crummy uh, sleep and uh, you've got mental brain fog, mm -hmm. um, you're going to have a hard time being vital in those areas to love God uh, with all your heart and all your mind. Um, 
uh, loving him with all your strength, your physical capacity. Um, we don't tend to love other people well from our, our uh, lazy boy chairs or chaise lounges. Right. Uh, it, it, people's love language and the way we serve them oftentimes means showing up for moving day and, and shoveling their snow uh, when they're sick. And in this age of COVID, going and doing things physically for people who are scared yeah, or yeah. cannot do it. And um, most people, as you've alluded to, will see the greatest opportunity for doing those things and leveraging those op that, that availability later in life. It's usually, you know, it certainly happens, but it's not the youngest people who have the most to offer mm -hmm. people. Uh, but when you get to be 55 to 75, by golly, you find out that oftentimes you have financial resources and relational resources and positional authority and a, uh, a, a, a bunch of contacts. You know who to call and when to get stuff done because right, you've yeah. been down that road yeah. a few dozen times. And uh, you've got the free time maybe to make a difference. And unfortunately, that's about the time when the wheels start coming off because of this physiological stewardship that's been going on yeah. that hasn't been tended to well. And now it all becomes about either when am I going to retire or I've got another doctor appointment, another prescription, another procedure coming up that needs to be done. And you're out of the race mm -hmm. and you're really not able to engage uh, in, in helping love God and, and letting him love others through you in a season of time that could be extremely fruitful. So in Fit for the King, there are three particular areas uh, where you approach physiological stewardship. Um, what are those areas? Like we went through coaching, for example. You mm -hmm. coached me, uh, but you have some other things on the docket as well. Can you talk about that, whether it's the Inspire or um, you have the group fitness classes oh, as well? Yeah. Um, Fit for the King has developed a lot of tools and resources in written form, be they blogs or websites or books, uh, journals, etc. Um, but we've also done uh, outreach uh, to literally the world this last year with an, an, a conference that was internationally attended virtually. Um, and uh, we bring uh, together notable names uh, from, uh, from the Christian community. Uh, who have written uh, or spoken about faith and fitness issues um, from a biblical, solid biblical uh, stance um, and invited them to uh, either be in person at things we've done in the Des Moines area or this year record them and then we put them out uh, in a virtual conference. So that has typically happened every January this year. We did it um, in early uh, late April, early May. I'm, I'm not even certain when we did it this year. It was a different date. We did it in the yeah. spring. Yep. Um, and uh, May continued to do that, seeing that 36 states and yeah, six Canadian right, provinces right. and six other countries participated in it. Yeah. Uh, we may want to keep that rolling. So uh, we've offered that as a time of learning and encouragement to speak on this topic. And that's really a unique conference uh, that, um, that we offer. Uh, we've done uh, body gospel boot camps, which have been um, church or school-based uh, fitness uh, classes with a, a believing uh, trainer who goes in and, and leads you through a 40-minute workout, and there's a devotional prayer sharing accountability time. Yeah. At the end of that, COVID's kind of put a, the herd on a lot of that over the last year and a half. Um, but those are among the things that uh, have been developed, and now I'm even looking to expand the coaching aspect of it, the one-on-one yeah. -on -one personal coaching like you experienced, as some people have come to me asking, would I certify them as, uh, you know, certified Fit for the King coaching associates? And uh, so I'm starting to go through with four or five people right now around the country who have said they would like this gospel-centered approach and uh, taking them through the course. Uh, and to assess their fit yeah, uh, right. to be fit for the king uh, certified coaches. It just seems to me that this particular topic, well, so back up, you have Inspire, you have your coaching, yeah. you got your group fitness. So there's multiple uh, approaches that you take in terms mm -hmm. of uh, you know evaluating your physiological stewardship, mm -hmm. which is great. So if you're at the website, you can kind of track all that. Why, why is this topic off limits? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like in the church, mm -hmm. it just tends to be, yeah, what was startling to me when we were meeting, you were giving statistics about how 
uh, obese the church is in comparison to how mm-hmm. more obese the church is in comparison to the rest of the culture. Yes. Um, I don't remember, you know, 10%. Like 10%. That's a lot, man. I mean, if you look Considering around. Considering where the culture's at. Yeah, exactly. So you're just kind of like, huh, why is this? We're not talking about it. Why? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, what is it uh, in, in Proverbs or Ecclesiastes? Without a vision, the people perish. Yes. <laughs> um, when you don't talk about any area of life, you know, if we never talked about what do biblically directed marriages look like, I expect right. our marriages would be even in worse shape than they are. Yeah. Or parenting or... Uh, oh, I mean, yesterday at church, I did talk about pornography. Yeah. If you don't talk about it, you're not shepherding yeah. people through that. Right. You know? And these are real serious issues. Absolutely. Uh, pornography is, you know, just a, we're in a culture awash with it. Oh, we better goodness. be talking about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh, because the pews are, are washing it, frankly, and yeah. it needs to be addressed. Um, uh, everybody, uh, we're in a culture that's just as screwed up with their approach toward fitness as it is toward sexuality or what marriage or finances, how you would do those. Um, but people don't come out of seminary. The, the shepherds don't come out of seminary with uh, any help in seminary or their college, Bible college upbringing or whatever that ever really focused on this. They're not, they didn't get in this to be right. physiological experts. And in fact, it's many, the people that are drawn to ministry oftentimes are the people that aren't really uh, you know, they're interested in the cultivation of the mind and, yeah, sure. you know, Which I, the wait, arts. Hey man, or, as a guy who loves books and pastors, I get that, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, you know, the, the, the group of people you're working yeah. with who are pastors are, are not usually given to be the people who are the gym rats. Um, yeah. They weren't taught anything. They've never heard a sermon themselves. And then there can be just this kind of uh, assumption that uh, God is really mostly concerned with the software uh, right. of our lives. The getting the, the, our spiritual lives in order uh, is going to take enough work. We don't have time to, to deal with the other, uh, have never really made the connection holistically with, with uh, our health. Um, and besides, the world's just got it so wrong. Uh, everything that if, if I wanted to get in shape and actually improve my health, all the culture offers me are, are self-obsessed, narcissistic pursuits, it seems. Yeah. Or, or um, just short-term fixes that we found in our own experience don't work. Why would I suggest people pursue that until there's a different option available to say, no, you really can bridge faith and fitness. This really is a biblical concept. The gospel does apply to this, and you can do it in a balanced way. Um, people would, would have nothing to really share with yeah. people uh, yeah. that they think would... If you say, well, go to the gym, somebody comes up at the end of the service and, you know, for prayer and they say, Pastor, I've got a need in my life. Uh, I, I, I'm just in such terrible health and whatever. Uh, you're one of the few people that could actually direct them to something that would be a ministry that might be able to, to include the gospel and some biblical directives with mm-hmm. it. The average person would just say, well, what do I tell them? Join a health club, Google best diets now, right. join Weight Watchers. Right. What do I tell them to do? And with a nagging sense that I maybe send them to a place that is just going to make them the next narcissist or may not right. serve them right. very well. Right. Um, so it's kind of been a dilemma for the church because there hasn't been uh, teaching on it and there hasn't doesn't seemingly seem to be options that would lead people forward in a spiritual way as well as a good physiological path. Yeah, you know, when I was in seminary, I was I went to seminary in the south, southeast, and um, I was struck by how overweight the student body was mm-hmm. in seminary. And um, I'm not saying like you know you have to be like swole and like yeah. you know you know bench in 300, you know whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about like just caring for your body, however God made you. You know, right. And these are typically younger people. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not getting a good start. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, we're going to study our Greek and then we're going to go to OCB, O Country Buffet or Golden Corral and, you know, make sure we get everything in the line except mm-hmm. for, you know, the greens. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I definitely saw that. And I'm not saying I've been perfect over the years. It's why I went through the coaching program with you to kind of get a reset. But it, it's definitely there. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely there among among the clergy or the pastors and ministers. And to your point, it has to be let out. You know, the vision starts with who's leading, mm-hmm. the pastor. It begins there. And so I think the church would do well to think carefully about this. And actually, instead of, you know, backing up into this, engaging it, you know, 
don't talk about it until it's too late. <laughs> yeah. You know, he had a cardiac arrest. Right. Don't talk about it then. Let's talk about it now. Yeah. And let's engage uh, this bridge between faith and fitness now and not wait for it. Yeah. This isn't, this shouldn't be, quote, the acceptable sin. Um, we would confront all manner of behavioral dysfunction. Oh, 100%. You know, we would, we would say, you know, you're, you're, your alcohol consumption, your drug use, your pornography addiction, right. your anger addiction, your overworking, yeah. your whatever it is, we would confront that and we'd have our verses mm-hmm. all in line and yep. even probably a seminar to send them to, a video series, a right. Uh, right Now Media, you can download all this stuff. Um, all these resources that have been brought to bear against all of these you know, things in our culture that are so out of whack. Yeah. Um, but uh, we have never really viewed the the gluttonous aspects and the unavailability aspects of not stewarding our bodies well as as a sin issue that needs to be addressed. It's not illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, uh, they're, uh, addressing it seems to go off in another wrong direction yeah. <laughs> as far as our culture is, is handles it. Um, and it's just so prevalent. Everybody, we can visibly see that so many people are struggling in this area. It's just easier to go along to get along and uh, just don't rock the boat. Uh, but, you know, people are dying of the health consequences from chronic disease at far greater rates than any of these other things that oh, we yeah. would rail against. Yeah. Uh, so th- this is a serious issue, and it hurts our availability and our testimony as well. Yeah, uh, some of this comes down to Christian liberty too, right? So it's not mm-hmm. illegal to you know go to McDonald's and right. pound down three do- you know double quarter pounder cheeseburgers. Yeah, nobody's going to say a thing about that. Yeah, exactly. The question becomes, you know, should you do that? <laughs> you know, right. just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, and uh, that's a big deal. Christians aren't talking in terms of liberty until, unless it's your mask and not wearing a mask, yeah. then it comes up quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I digress. We'll, we'll pick and choose our battles. Yeah, yeah right. Um, but I, I think we need to think, well, okay, just because I can do it doesn't mean I should do it. Right. So you're going to have to have a higher vision of the purpose for your body, mm-hmm. its consequences, the consequences of stewarding it, mm-hmm. uh, and how that impacts God's purpose for your life. Yeah. Um, or, and, and look at your motivations and make sure that you've found a, an intrinsic or common grace motivation that's going to stand the test of time and not fall for the extrinsic, short-term, event-driven kinds yeah. of uh, rationales for pursuing health that our culture gives. Yeah. We need to do what is right, not what is easy. Mm-hmm. My daughter quoted me that today because uh, Dumbledore quotes in Harry Potter. So oh. anyways, yeah, I did. Well, so we need to do what is right, not what is easy. Because going, going to the, uh, you know, the high be fast and fresh and getting the, what you call the roller bed of death. Yes, you the know, roller bed That's of easy, death. right? Yes. It doesn't mean it's right for your body. No, not at all. And so that's, but that's, the, that's the hard thing. That's why I think this ministry is actually very countercultural in the sense that we're, we're, we should be doing things that our culture is telling us we shouldn't be doing and we need to be doing the things that we should be doing. You know, so culture says do this. We're like, no, we actually should be doing this. And so don't eat the three quarter pounder cheeseburgers from McDonald's. Actually do something else with your body, you know, in your nutritional intake. Sure. So I'm challenging people all the time to just try to step back and get a, you know, 20,000 foot view of our culture. Is there anything that our culture is making easier, that is going with the flow of our culture, yeah. that is sending you in the right direction. Right. If you were to, if you're looking for answers to finances, would you just go to Barnes and Noble and start picking, you know, books off the shelf? Just go to the internet and see what's there. Mm. If you're going to look for entertainment, you just could go to the movies and say, "Oh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo." Let's go to this movie. Uh, in any area of life, you want to find out about what sexuality uh, appropriate there, would you just say, well, what does the culture say? Right. Um, no, absolutely not. You wouldn't do that because you understand they're going to send you in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing in this whole area of, of health and fitness and wellness. Our culture has a bunch of terrible ideas yeah. about what it means to be whole in that way. Um, uh so we don't want to just leave it up to the way the culture goes 
and say, well, they're offering this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is what's offered to me. I'll take it. Well, we don't do that in any area of our life if we're trying to follow Christ. Right. So why would we just go with the flow of culture in this basic area of what I'm going to put in my body, what's going to fuel me, and what's going to have an enormous impact on on my longevity and my effectiveness and vitality uh, in life? We have to live counterculturally this way and not get caught up in either the food is everything, workout is everything mentality, or where most people are at, just, you know, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die, which is is more where most of our culture is going. What I've appreciated about this ministry and going through it is that there's a high value of a Christian worldview brought to bear by the Word of God. Uh, Can you just explain a little bit more on on that, you know, that basic premise of the role of the Word of God in this particular ministry? Because I imagine Christians Mm -hmm. listening being like, okay, great, Um, I need to get more healthy. I I understand that. Mm -hmm. But actually what's driving this is a commitment to the Bible, to God's Word. Applying principles from the Bible, verses from the Bible to this area of our, our physical walk. Yeah. If you go through the coaching program, you're going to be saturated uh, in scripture. I mean, mm-hmm. most people, when they are saying, well, doesn't the Bible say something about, you know, stewarding your body? Say, well, it doesn't say something about being a temple of the Holy Spirit. I remember that one. And, yeah, right. Uh, so you must honor God with your body or something. But I, I, oh, but there is that one that says that spiritual, you know, pursuits are, yeah, are right. uh, of greater value uh, than, than the physical. So doesn't that kind of counteract that? And you know, it's pretty vague. There's, there's just not a lot of, lot of meat on the bone. Um, so we we need to step back and and start evaluating um, a lot of, of of different scriptural uh, injunctions and perspectives, uh, be it that verse uh, about uh, the holy you know being the temple. What what does that really mean, right. practically speaking? Right. Uh, what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself and to love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength? These are basic precepts. Uh, that should be guiding our Christian walk. Mm-hmm. Can we do that with a, a, a physical body that is compromised through our own choices and behaviors, not because we were struck down genetically with something or right. something came out of left field to, to, to take our health away? Um, we, we look at the, uh, the gospel and, of redemption, and uh, what does it mean um, to, to uh, be redeemed? Is that something God redeems your spirit? Um, but, uh, that's it. No, he's actually work at redeeming us holistically. Yeah. Uh, uh, when, when we look at Christ's resurrected body, how does that inform, uh, our understanding of eternity and what we're going to eventually have? Does that diminish our physical capacity or does that uh, augment and, and right. elevate yeah. the physicality of our present and our future? Um, well, you could even talk about eschatology. You could work backwards. Yeah. You can see what's to come, regardless right. of you know what. What are we going to do in heaven, and what are we going to do in a millennial kingdom, or what are we going to do? Yeah. We're going to be very active and very productive, yes. and he's got stuff for us to do. And, and he very wants physical. Us, and it's embodied. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, it's embodied. We aren't, we're, we're doing it with real bodies that, that have things that are extra we don't experience now, not the least of which is our flesh and our willfulness is gone and has been dealt with, mm. and we're completely cooperating. But he's going to do it with bodies. Yeah. And um, we, we want to align the trajectory of our life with that reality that there's going to be an incredible human body at the end of this uh, with all the restraints removed from it right. uh, and not treat this like a rental, right. uh, like this is just junk. Uh, and after all, I get a new body, so I'll just trash this one. Yeah. That is completely antithetical to any other uh, contradictory, to any other way we would live um, with looking forward to heaven because we're going to have a new tongue, we're going to have better relationships, we're going to have all these things. We don't, a new heaven and earth, you know, we don't trash this one right? because it's yeah. just a rental. No, yeah. we steward this one well, recognizing that this has value. Yeah. Uh, um, so we, we live in light of the eternal, and because we're going to get a new body, we steward the one we have because obviously that has value, and I want to foreshadow what's coming. Yes, exactly. Exactly right. Uh, not diminish it and say, this is just a rental. I get a new body, so this one is going to go to the ash heap. We certainly need to live today 
in light of what we know about our future. Yes. Our future home, our future hope that is around, that is bound up in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so don't treat it like a rental. I got a friend who would, every time you get a rental car, he, he, he would pound that rental car into the ground. You know, it could be like a Honda Civic, but he'd treat it like a Mustang when he got yeah. on the highway. It's like, this isn't good for the car. <laughs> this will last about, you know, two days and then. What do I care? Well, I know that's I've only got for a day. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. That's not what we're supposed to do no. uh, with our physical body. Everyone's different. I mean, this question is about barriers. Everyone's different in terms of the barriers they need to overcome in, term, in, in order to pursue better health. Uh, what are some barriers that you've seen over the years in dealing with clients that are that are most relevant or prevalent that come to the top? Mm-hmm. I've seen these barriers be the primary ones in which people have to overcome in order to pursue uh, better health for their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. One of them is probably not ignorance. Most people know that an, that an apple is better for you than a Snicker bar. <laughs> and they know it's better really? to get up and go for a walk than to sit and, and ch- chill and Netflix. You yeah, know, yeah. people know that. Uh, so that it isn't ignorance that they don't know there's a better way. Uh, as in a awful lot of things, it, it's a time and a priority thing is, is a huge barrier. Um, they their schedule and what they have decided they're going to spend their time doing or what they're going to waste their time doing uh, becomes the defining factor of whether they're ever going to be able to experience uh, health or not. They uh, just value sitting on the couch and watching TV more than they value their future effectiveness for the kingdom of God. Mm. Um, And until or they value staying up late gaming uh, more than they value getting to bed at a good hour so they can get seven, eight hours of sleep and yeah. get up at six in the morning yeah. or earlier so they can have their devotional time and, or go to the gym in the morning or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, it becomes a, a huge barrier is just their time and their priorities and, and needing to get a hold of that and reevaluate what's really important and what are you going to make time for now so you don't have to make time for far worse things later. Uh, so priorities and time is a big uh, thing. Money isn't uh, such a big thing. They think they need a lot of money uh, to do that. You don't no, have to be don't. a member of a gym. Nope. Uh, you don't have to buy expensive things. Don't need to go uh, Whole Foods to, for everything. There's, yeah, there's no, ways, th- yeah. Th- that, and that's not what we're teaching. So uh, money is another thrown out that is really not uh, so much of one. Identity uh, is, is a barrier for a lot of people. They, the way they view themselves mm-hmm. and see themselves um, uh, needs to be transformed into how God sees them. Uh, yeah. And that identity has become a, a barrier uh, to uh, their ability to pursue health well as a, a major yeah. one, especially for women. And let me chime in on that because that actually connected with me. And we talked about this before where, mm-hmm. you know, I always lamented to my wife and I confess to you, I always wanted the runner's body. Mm-hmm. You know, I got these big broad shoulders, right? And I'm like, I just want a runner's body. I want to be nice, lean, trim, you know. Uh, but that's not what God gave me. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave me the broad shoulders. And uh, my wife, by the way, likes the broad shoulders more than the runner's body, uh-huh. which is great. Which yeah, I'm happy about that. That has its benefits. But, but um, I had to come to terms with the fact that this is how God made me. Mm-hmm. And what am I, in light of how God has made me, what am I going to do to steward um, this body? Yeah. And so I think that identity issue is really important, especially, like you said, with women where this is how God made you. Mm -hmm. You can rejoice in that. Now, what are you going to do with it? Right. So that has to get settled for so many people, whether you're six foot five or whether you're, you know, five, six, Mm -hmm. whether you're broad shoulders or, you know, you're got the runner's body or whatever. You've got to settle with, uh, you are made in God's image. Mm -hmm. You are made with purpose. Mm -hmm. Now, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. There, and we affirm that there isn't just one monolithic, quote, Christian, unquote, body. Yeah, right. uh, God has created uh, ectomorphs and mesomorphs and yep. endomorphs. They're all genius designs of his. Mm-hmm. They all have different strengths and weaknesses, um, but they're all God-given uh, body types. So how do you become the best version of whatever body type you have so that you can honor God and, and serve him and others the best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having an endomorph pine for being an ectomorph is, is a lifelong pursuit of futility right. and, and unhappiness. So at some, and it doesn't mean you have to settle for anything. Mm-hmm. God did, didn't say that ectomorph is the gold standard anymore, and he said a mesomorph or, a, or an endomorph is. They're all God-designed. We need to understand what that means 
uh, see the value in each of those, uh, see the beauty in each of those, and uh, become comfortable with who he's made us and just uh, mm-hmm. strive to be the best version of that we can in any given season of our life that we're in, because yeah. that's going to change too. Um, you know, uh, women who are having kids, people who are aging, yeah, uh, things are going to change. And to, to think that we can stay the same as we were when we were 21 is, is just not reality. No, <laughs> so without caving into, I have to gain 40 pounds because I bore a child, right. or, oh, I'm, uh, I'm getting old now, so I, you know, I have to be falling apart and the wheels have to be coming off. Yeah. We, don't, we have to capitulate to those kinds of, of mindsets. But um, finding contentment with what God has made, seeing the goodness of it, and then... Um, just doing what we can within reason to make the most of what he's given us mm. uh, to maximize our ability to, to love him and serve others. We've talked a lot about choices in our, in the coaching program. And uh, one thing that came up, came up over and over again is self-control. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would challenge anyone to do a, just a word study, basic word study in the Greek, use your English Bible on how many times Paul in particular mm-hmm. says you you are to pursue self-control. Yes. Paul is saying you have a choice to make. Mm-hmm. And um, speak to that a little bit. What keeps us from making the right choices in pursuing self-control? Mm-hmm. Especially in light of our culture, just pretty much just giving, <laughs> handling it over to us. Like, it's so easy. Yeah. Uh, usually self-control means it's hard. Yes. Discipline and self-control. Uh, very hard in our culture yeah. to to. Uh, foster those. Uh, they are called gifts of the Spirit, Yep. Um, which would tell me this isn't something that comes naturally to yeah, me. Yeah. It's something I'm going to have to surrender to the Spirit's work in my life mm. to see these things grow in my life. So I don't try harder. I surrender more deeply would be a start That's that good, might yeah. have yeah. success in, in getting that. Lord, I don't have what it takes to have the self-control and discipline to live a healthy life or to establish a good prayer and devotional time Mm. or to give proportionately to your work. It's not in me. And let's just get that straight right up front. And he's nodding his head saying, yeah, yeah, I know that. So I need to ask for your help because I'm not equal to the task. Um, And our culture is going to work at every angle to derail me from a life of discipline and self-control in all manner of ways. Mm-hmm. So would you help me? And I will do what I can to surrender to you and try to walk obediently with you as you teach me what it means to become a disciplined, self-controlled person, showing those fruits of the Spirit in a variety of ways in my life. That's a starting point yeah. of, a, of confession and admission that we're failing and that we don't have what it takes, uh, acknowledging the source of that that um, character quality that is going to have to deliver it to us, and then uh, being guided by the gospel and scripture uh, to do that. Obviously, Paul didn't you know pray that prayer and then just expect it all to get downloaded. He says he's you know flagellating himself and he's buffeting his body and yeah. he is he's working hard to achieve and to win the race. He doesn't want to get sidelined. So there doesn't, we're, we got skin in the game. Yeah. There is a, a an effort that we're putting forward, uh, but that, that effort needs to be understood that this is uh, effort that comes after a confession of our inability to accomplish ultimately what God wants to do and asking for his spirit's help day by day, moment by moment, and then obeying yeah. and following the promptings of the spirit and in the real world today, that, that probably means making some big changes in how we order our lives mm-hmm. and where we're going to get our fuel from. Yeah, uh, and yeah. it isn't going to be Vendo Land. It isn't going to be the convenience store. It isn't going to be fast food, uh, by and large. It isn't going to be those easy things that are just the broad way that leads to destruction physiologically. We're going to have to start planning this area of our life and making it a bigger priority than it is. Mm-hmm. And we have tools and resources, encouragement and accountability to do that yeah, right. uh, within this ministry. But uh, learn some principles, learn some ways of dealing with our, within our preferences and lifestyle that allow us to follow this better and see better outcomes in our health. Again, we're not talking about like getting a body so that you can get on GQ. Absolutely we're not. We're not talking about getting a body so you can get on that swimsuit edition magazine 
nonsense. No. We're talking about obedience to your Savior, Jesus Christ, and surrendering everything to him, including your physical health, the food you put in your mouth, um, to other things like, you know, in life, like how you spend your money. Yeah. Are you giving to the church? Are yeah. you uh, available to love your neighbor? Uh, that's what this is about. Yes, yeah, so you won't. You you go to fit the numeral for the king dot net. You won't see the before and afters. Yeah. You won't see on our Facebook or Instagram pages, selfies, yeah. uh, showing me off as if you know I'm the gold standard right. to say you too can have a body like me. Yeah. Um, that that's dispiriting. It's untrue. <laughs> it's dispiriting for the average Christian who who will never be able to do that because they may not be a mesomorph who cares about it as yeah. much as I do. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but also just not, not true because it's not possible for everybody to look the same, and God isn't expecting that. Yeah. But almost everybody would say, you know, I can be more available than I am right now. Right. Um, we can take some more steps toward greater availability. And most people, when they catch that vision— and then start to experience it in real time, better sleep, more energy, more vitality, more clear-headedness, mm. more engagement. Uh, I just feel better. Uh, that has a self-perpetuating reward of its own. Uh, endorphins feel good when I finally start moving a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. A, a common grace blessing that God has given, yeah, a gift he's yeah. given us. Um, then that helps propel people forward to take further steps of obedience because they see the benefit to their life physically and spiritually and relationally, and then they want more of that. I can imagine some people might be listening, and um, if they're not healthy, they may be tempted to be discouraged. Like Here's an example. When people are off, you know, reading scripture, they 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 create the big devotional plan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read yeah. through the Bible in a year, you know. Yeah. And you get the the Murray McShane, you know, read the Bible every single day, and then you're into it for four days, and you're like, "This is hard work. This is hard work, man. <laughs> this is hard work." Um, in your experience of coaching, and for me as a guy who wants to, you know, walk alongside folks in our church to pursue better health, what's the role of grace when walking alongside someone? who's trying to make better choices. Yeah. Because we're talking about self-control, absolutely. Obedience, uh-huh. yes, absolutely. Um, what, what role does grace play? The, the, you know, God gives has given us grace that we extend toward others mm-hmm. as they pursue spiritual maturity and physical health. Right. Well, it would come to the overall understanding of, uh, of my understanding of what fit for the king is. This is a dis- gospel-based discipleship ministry. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's been engaged in discipleship yep. with somebody, walked with somebody for any period of time, knows that it's not a sprint that has ended after a week. Paul calls it a marathon for a yeah, reason, you know? Yeah, this <laughs> yes, this is a long, lifelong journey. Yeah. God, uh, Jesus is not standing at the end of that, withholding his applause, until you finally break the tape and arrive at some magical number. Yeah. Uh, he is applauding every step of obedience that is happening. So That's a great way to put it. He's applauding yeah. every, every step, step of, of obedience. obedience. I like that. And there will be two steps forward, yeah. and then there will be a step back. And I don't say that because I long for that in people's lives, or I, I just want to throw out the inevitability they're going to yeah, fail yeah. everyone and give them a, the cheat day. Um, I'm just saying that's the reality. That's the reality of my life. My life, too. I bet that's the reality of your life. That's the reality of, reality of every life I've ever had the privilege of discipling. And part of that's just the remaining sin that we continue to fight yes. as Christians, right? Yes, we have, sin, we have, no, a, we have the sin. world, the flesh, and the devil yes. that is working like the dickens every day to make sure we make no progress. Right. Well, that's that, that's a pretty heady foe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only chance we have is surrendered obedience to the one who can actually help us make some progress. But uh, because it's a discipleship ministry and not Dave's a miracle worker health coach, uh, lose 30 pounds fast and get me my next referral. Right. That That's a whole different mindset, and that's where the world is, is a drop this quick for some extrinsic reason mm-hmm. and 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 then get me everybody going wow about you yes and then send me your next client because people are just shock and awe at what's happened to your body that that isn't what this is this is a discipleship program that's trying to uh, give people the tools resources encouragement accountability for a lifelong pursuit of healthier behaviors 
that is ultimately going to serve you well when you need it most in the later end of your life. Um, and when you engage in a discipleship process that is not dependent upon my ego and you referring people to me, I can be a lot more grace-filled in that because mm-hmm. I recognize this is just like any other part of life. Some guy's addicted to pornography. You think that they come to you and that they never, ever get a whiff of that again? Yeah. You know, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, some guy's addicted to alcohol or drugs or they're addicted to, to some other behavioral issue or they're trying to get some other marriage issue sort of in their life They that's they, nothing but blue sky ahead, mm. that doesn't exist. Yeah. It's a long haul uh, process of working with people for a long time uh, and seeing progressive success just like their unhealth came to them. Mm-hmm. One pound at a time, one decision at a time, you know, one capitulation at a time to the culture and our own fleshly desires to have what we want, want what we want, uh, is peeling that back over a protracted period of time, um, walking with them through that. Now, the coaching program is 12 weeks, and then I go on beyond that where some people want personal training or whatever. Right, yeah. But the idea is to give them in that time the, the fundamental tools that they can do to pursue for the rest of their life uh, within their lifestyle and preferences, to a certain degree, um, healthier living that will in, get them to the right place over time. Because you're not the biggest loser, for example, is all about losing, you know, a hundred pounds in a season. Yeah. Well, look at the success they've had. If you want to follow up with any of their previous winners or people participated, it's not a it's not a good situation. You have people who have put right back on that same hundred pounds. Because it was just a flash in the pan. Yeah, this isn't a dieting program. And, no. And, you know, it's popular with the uh, some of the, um, oh, uh, what are the different diets that are out there today? The, oh, the, the keto, the, the keto. intermittent fasting. One time the I Atkins, said, the, my wife's done those, yes. and she's like, it's a lifestyle change. And like, okay, I get it, but we're really talking about a Christian lifestyle change, yeah. which is much different than the keto, the Atkins, the Whole30s, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a fundamental change that is gospel-saturated and gospel-centered that makes your life about who God is and how God has made you and not about the self. I mean, or I could, how do you fit in best with his plan? Exactly. And so often we try to make our own plan and try to fit God in, into our plan. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, our culture is consumed with the self, mm-hmm. so consumed with the self. And Christians have to break away from that perspective. This is about God's plan. It's about how God has made you and you getting on his plan and being available for God. Mm-hmm. It, 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 we talk about counterculture. I mean, we're talking about 180. We want to yes. change, completely change our perspective and how we understand ourselves and how God has given us this body. We're called to steward this body. Mm-hmm. And by grace, uh, we do it. I, I was thinking about this particular text um, from Titus. And because uh, we talk about grace a lot in terms of, you know, by grace, you've been saved through faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about Ephesians 2.8 type stuff. But there's more in terms of the act of grace within the Christian life. Let me just quote it here. Uh, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. So we're talking Ephesians 2.8 type stuff. But also training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. Mm-hmm. In, in the Bible, when passions is used, we, we use it so positively now, but it's actually in scripture, when passion is used, it's always used in the negative. Mm-hmm. Worldly passions don't be like that. Mm-hmm. And he continuing on, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope. Now we're getting some eschatology here. Point is, the grace that saves is also the grace that trains us and is, continues to be at work in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening, you're like, man, I know I need to pursue better health and better, you know, about what I put in my mouth and going for a walk. Grace is available to you. Mm-hmm. And surrendering to God will help you understand and tap into that grace that is available to you. So I don't want to lose sight of that because it can be really discouraging to try to go down this road, take the two steps forward, mm-hmm. and then the one step back. And people are like, I already took that step back. Now I don't even want to pursue going back forward. Mm-hmm. Um, that's such the, the lie and the temptation that exists. Yes. Change is hard. Change is hard. Grace yep. is necessary Absolutely. for any change including physiological change. At the end of that verse, unless I'm mistaken, isn't that word ends with zealous for good works? Zealous for good works, okay. absolutely right. Verse 14. There, there's, your, there's your rationale. Uh, there's a lot packed in there. Zealous for good works. That yeah. means kind of like eager 
able, yeah. available, yeah. ready to leap into action. Well, Ephesians 2.10, I did an entire sermon on that verse alone where like God has created works beforehand for you yeah. to do. Walk in them. <laughs> Walk in them, it's you right. Know? Uh, we, we need to be careful not to put self-imposed, self-inflicted barriers yeah. in the way of those t- so that we can remain zealous to do the good works he wants us to do. We talk about grace a lot. Yeah, we do. That it's not about works, and it isn't. You know, obviously we're saved by grace through faith. Uh, but there's a reason that we're saved. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a way God gets glory, and it's in our transformation that is visible in all of its manifestations. Uh, and it's the good works we can do that glorify God. And, and most of the good works that I know of that glorify him don't happen in a barca lounger right. and they don't happen right. in a chaise lounge. They mean getting up off our rears, engaging with people, usually in a physical way to speak their love language, mm-hmm. which means they need help yep. and we can bring it because we have the vitality, the energy, the zealousness to do it for them, to help them do it. Um, and there's, uh, there's just not enough of that zealousness as I yeah. look around right. in the congregations, not with an eye to judgment, just an observation and a discernment that we need more zealous people who are ready to be engaged for the sake of the kingdom of God. That's great. Uh, a couple more questions as we kind of try to land the plane here. As you kind of look at the landscape, we've talked about the church in particular and Christians. Someone might be thinking, okay, this is a great program. Um, uh, Am I someone who should pursue this? So who, mm-hmm. who are candidates for Fit for the King? Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who wants to gain a, a biblical worldview and understanding of their physical body. They haven't been, I'm certain they haven't been taught it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a big void out there. But if you just have an interest in it, regardless of your level of health, this would be a unique um, journey to be able to have a Christian worldview of your physical body, which would be an important thing to have, I believe. Um, Learn what gospel-centered motivations are for behavior change in this area, grace-based motivations for behavior change. Um, That aside, most people that come to me uh, for help are people who are struggling in their health one way or another, Mm -hmm. and they've recognized that this has put limitations on their life that they don't want. And frankly, the, the chickens have come home to roost right. after years of abuse uh, and neglect. Mm. And I'm not a, a miracle worker. I can't turn back the hands of time. And unfortunately, I'm oftentimes working with bodies that have been damaged and there are now limitations on, on what they can do. But uh, there is always hope. There's always a, an opportunity for greater availability. And uh, I will provide the accountability, the teaching, the tools, the resources, the encouragement uh, to uh, set appropriate goals and to begin um, a new direction and to see real-time change start to happen Mm -hmm. through the process, recognizing it's a long-term discipleship uh, process. Um, So I think the average person leaves encouraged Um, the average person leaves seeing that they've started making progress and are optimistic that that can continue and that they have the tools and resources to do that. Um, And having a mindset change from what the culture has offered and the only things that they thought were available, which were commercial diets or workout programs or whatever, and to see this integrates into my faith. I can be a disciple of Jesus, and actually I can follow Jesus better when I'm pursuing life this way. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't have to somehow check my faith at the door and become a little bit worldly And if I want to get interested in this and pursue this as all. Uh, we have a whole session, as you've experienced, what does it mean to follow Jesus with my body care? Right. And to find out, looking at Jesus' life, what he said, what he affirmed, and how he actually lived— gives us a template uh, for a life that is physiologically engaged at a pretty high level. And um, 
I, I, I think that that would be of encouragement to some people to know what would Jesus do? How do I follow Jesus? That there's a way I can do that with my physiology too and uh, that would honor him mm-hmm. uh, more, more effectively. That's awesome. So uh, pulling out the crystal ball, you can look into it five years down the road. Mm-hmm. What do you foresee regarding this ministry, Fit for the King? Yeah. Well, where God is involved, anything is possible, right? Yeah, amen to that. Um, I don't want to put limitations on him uh, of what he could do, but the, the need in our culture and the need in our churches is every bit as great as, say, the need for the church and the culture to get their finances in order, a la Financial Peace University and Dave Ramsey. Sure. Yeah. Um, and this is every bit as, uh, its tentacles go every bit as deep as the, there are many correlations yes, to our finances and our health. Yes. And all the things involved, there are many uh, ways that they, they play off of each other. My, my uh, wife, who's a Dave Ramsey, yeah. you know, listens to all the podcasts. Look what has happened because of that ministry oh, yeah. addressing people caving into the culture and behaving like the world. Well, I, I would I would have a session with you, then I would go home and talk about the principles. She's like, yeah, I've been listening to those principles yeah. for years. Yeah, uh, there, there are a lot of uh, correlations yes, to that. Yeah. But there's no but there's no Dave Ramsey yeah. of this. Right. Uh, there may be some Christian trainers, uh, but this is actually designed to, to be something more like a financial peace university for your body. Right. Uh, and the need is every bit as great, if not greater than that, because I don't think 70% of the people uh, in the church are in a financial disaster situation. Mm-hmm. But 70% of the people in the church are on their way the or in disaster. a physiological yeah. disaster. Yeah. And um, it's, it's going to have a major impact on the effectiveness of the church and the testimony to the outside world. So I would say uh, I would love to see this get anything close to that kind of a ministry is completely appropriate and needed yeah. uh, for something like that. And I don't know that people choose to do that with me, um, but I'm open to that if he did. And with adding on new coaches, uh, just like you would train to be a financial piece or a yeah. Crown Financial Ministries coach, right. um, this is something that could lead to something like that. And we're doing uh, uh, conferences and things like that with Inspire. Um, so the template is getting laid for something like that to happen if God wanted to move in that. And I think it would have a profoundly positive effect on the body of Christ. Uh, can you imagine the gospel opportunities if people saw the church as a whole for the sake of availability and for God's glory radically change the trajectory of their physical, physiological lives? Wow. Yeah. And having by the millions people coming up to them at work and at wherever in their families and saying, Susie, Joe, man, you're getting in better shape. You've mm-hmm. lost some weight, haven't you? What, what's going on? Yeah. And to be able to use that bridge to say, instead of what they're expecting, well, I went on the blank, blank diet, or I got with this and that trainer, or I joined the health club, to be able to say, um, you know, I had to come to face facts that I was broken in this area of my life. And uh, I found out that the gospel has answers for me. Amen. And that uh, the reality that Jesus has set me free from all manner of compulsions and addictions in life, I just decided that I'd let him free me from my behavioral issues with food. Yeah. And see, and see what would happen. Oh yeah, in gospel conversations. Oh yeah, to have because people, you or, can get freed from pornography. You can get you can start giving and becoming generous. You can start doing, and people will never know. But you lose ten or fifteen pounds. People notice, and people will come up to you and say, "Dude, gal, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. I'm not. You're looking good." Boy, those are things a pastor or any Christian who cares about their tent would long for somebody else to come to them and say, what's changing in your life? I like what I'm seeing. And to be able to use that as a springboard for a gospel testimony uh, about... I've let Jesus come in and change my heart. Think about the around the water. I've let him change all these areas, but I've never let Jesus come in and change the most deeply addictive 
mm-hmm. issue in my life where I was still a rebel. Yeah. And see where that conversation goes. Totally. Like you're at work around the water cooler, <laughs> yeah. your coworker's like, hey, dude, you lost 20 pounds. Yeah. What's going on? Jesus. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> you know, and, and imagine what would happen if the yeah. church became known as a place where healthy people were, not because they became narciss- narcissists. Not at all. But yeah. because they wanted to be better ambassadors for the King of Kings and yeah. Lord of Lords Amen. and more effective for his kingdom purposes and, and aligning themselves with, with what his plans for their life instead of their own. That that couldn't help but change a culture. Mm-hmm. And a you know, culture, frankly, that says regularly the number one issue in my life, I would like good information on health and fitness. Yeah. Listed the number one felt need of people. Are they going to come to the church for that kind of information? Not when you look at the church. Not like, when you look at the church right. and not when you see that's never talked about. But imagine if the church became known for having healthy people who were doing it for the glory of God and for the betterment of his kingdom and for their testimony. Imagine what could happen, uh, you know, you're talking about revival breaking out and gospel uh, uh, being uh, given an opportunity and a platform to be talked about. I can't imagine a better one. And if you're sitting there thinking, God can't use me, I'm just too washed up, I'm too far gone, whatever your biggest area of brokenness is mm. and dysfunction and sin and yeah. rebellion, whatever that is in your life provides the greatest opportunity and platform for God to be glorified and for the gospel uh, to be proclaimed. Hallelujah. Amen. And many of those things are eternal, internal, as we've said, and they'll never be seen and nobody will ever know you've been freed from this and that and the other thing unless you tell them. Right. They will not help but be able to notice if they will see transformation in your physiology. They will come to you and they will ask you, what are you doing? What's going on? And will it work for me? Exactly. Yeah. And that is an incredible opportunity. So if you're sitting listening to this thinking, I'm too far gone, I'm too broken. Not true. Think of the opportunity yeah. that presents for you as a follower of Christ to be able to use that as a banner for his glory. He'll take that biggest area of hurt and brokenness and dysfunction and, and use it in incredible ways if you'll let him. Amen. That is fantastic. And I know, I know we're only scratching the surface. Like like we've said, the coaching program is weeks, 12-week yeah. program. But we just wanted to give you a taste of what Fit for the King is all about. And uh, go to the website, interact with it, get more information. Yes, become more educated, but also do something. Mm-hmm. You know, take the step of faith and perhaps obedience mm-hmm. and um, put, put your faith into action regarding your health, regarding your fitness, about what you put in your mouth and what you're doing with your body. So thanks for coming. Thanks My for doing pleasure. this podcast. Uh, we'll be putting up a few blogs on cornfieldtheology.com in addition to this podcast. Blogs that David has written, has written, and we just want to be able to get you all the necessary information so you can just become more educated and then make those steps of faith and take those steps of obedience. So, again, thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, all the other relevant uh, podcast outlets. Please give us uh, good reviews and uh, five stars. That just gets the algorithm. Our information up to the top when people put in theology, it's all all an algorithm game. That's what I've learned the more I've done podcasting. Yes. <laughs> There's actually nothing I can do. Yes, It's just one big algorithm game, but we got to play it. Well, thanks, everyone. And if you got more questions, feel free to put them into the comments section of however you're watching or listening. I'd be more than happy to answer those questions. You can pass those along, questions along to David, and maybe he can answer them for you. So until next time, uh, God bless you, and peace out. You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation at a local church, but an accessory to the care you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org.